2 Corinthians, the third chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to begin with verse number 1, and I'm going to read about five verses here. And I know that the Lord inspired my mind on Thursday or Friday. I don't recall which day it was, days and weeks have been running together lately. I wonder why. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? This is kind of a comical verse here. It's, the apostles asking, do you need, do we need to brag on ourselves or do you need me to pat you on the back? But then verse 2, he says, are ye epistles? Or he says, ye are, are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men, your life, is an epistle that is written and known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. I want you to think about that now. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. Everybody say, we're not sufficient. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God. Our sufficiency is of God. By the help of the Lord tonight, I want to pull that word. I know it's kind of a misnomer to, to use the same word two times in one sentence as the fifth verse uses the word sufficient and sufficiency in the same sentence. So there was a reason that the duplication of the word was used to catch our attention to this powerful, powerful word, sufficient, sufficient. How many of you know God is sufficient? God is sufficient. Lord, we need your help tonight to preach what you have laid on our heart. Let the anointing of God rest upon the lips of clay tonight, Lord, as I stand in this pulpit to preach, God. I pray your power and authority and anointing, Lord, that ministers through me. Let the love of Christ show forth and let every heart be touched and life be changed. Lord, once again, I stand in awe of you and in need of your anointing. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. You can be seated. 
sufficient simply means enough to meet the need. Or it could mean adequate for the situation. Sufficient. Enough to meet your need. God is sufficient. God is enough to meet your need. Sufficient, adequate for the situation. God is adequate for the situation. There is no need that God is not adequate for. There is no situation that God is not adequate for. God is sufficient enough to meet your need. He is adequate for the situation. Nine chapters later, the Apostle Paul, struggling with a thorn in his flesh, cried out to God three times for a miracle of deliverance from this thorn. But Paul said God answered back to him and simply said, My grace is sufficient. I know I came tonight with a little need and presented you tonight with a little need to finish up the project of purchasing the new building in Lebanon. But I came tonight to tell you that God said He is sufficient. I received a text this morning from someone who doesn't even attend our church. And the text early this morning said, let me know where the Lebanon offering comes in. Because my wife and I are considering our offering. And we want to make sure that there is enough to see that the building gets purchased. I tell you, God is sufficient. Don't tell me God won't make a way out of no way. Some people may shake their head and say no, but I came tonight to tell you that I have never seen a problem that God was not sufficient to be able to meet the need. Two weeks ago, I asked you to help me and to pray for favor with our lender, you remember? Because we have reached the ending of our building, scheduled building season. And the lender sent out the building inspector and they came to do a walkthrough because our building permit was reaching the end of its tenure. And so the building inspector wanted to walk through to see where we are in the process. Our lender wanted their inspector to walk through and see where we are in the process. Our lender wanted to bring in uh, an appraiser and... They wanted to walk through and to look things over and see where we are as we were requesting a little more time and a little addi- uh, some additional funds 
in order to be able to complete the project. And so we waited. And we waited. And it seemed like a mighty long time that we were waiting. And Friday, Thursday night, actually I think it was, after hours maybe, the email came in. I didn't see it, didn't receive it until Friday morning when I came in to the office. And I came in to find out that our lender sent me the idea for my sermon tonight. Because the lender happened to use some biblical words. (laughs) And the lender said, the appraisal is sufficient. I have a response to every non-believer. Our God is sufficient. Every need he said he would supply. In the Gospels. In the Gospels. In the Gospels. Jesus said which of you would decide you're going to build and not sit down first and count the cost. I was reminded today as I was putting the final touches on this message for tonight that I got on Friday from the lender. I was thinking through about the process to our Lebanon congregation that's here tonight. Our Lebanon team that's here tonight. That we started Lebanon on a word from the Lord. The Lord said, go to Lebanon. And he said, your miracle will meet you there. We didn't know when, we didn't know where, when we didn't know how. A building came available, but it was far too much money for us to be able to reach. But a good negotiator stepped in and said, let me help you. And I said, we don't have the finances, but a financer stepped through and said, let me take care of the financing. And God said, let's just bring the two together. But then there's a $40,000 need. And I said, I don't know that we can reach that kind of down payment, but the Lord said, I'll make a way out of no way. Friends stepped up and gave. Church members stepped up and gave. Family members stepped up and gave. People that I hardly know from across the country stepped up. Because we took a step of faith on a word from the Lord. And the Lord said, your miracle is going to meet you there. And He's obligated to His Word. And so therefore, when we took a step of faith based on a word from the Lord, He cannot lie and He will not let us down. God is sufficient to meet the need.
Can I preach for a little bit tonight and tell you that the enemy wants to discourage you and cause you to lose faith and make you think that that situation in your life is impossible. But God sent this preacher to this pulpit tonight and preach a simple little message into your hearing and tell you that my God is able and He is sufficient to do whatever He needs to do. On top of that, I know we're trying to finish up a new building. And we came up a little short. And we weren't real sure how this was all going to come together. And we weren't real sure how this was all going to happen. And I I was just unclear on a lot of things. And I've questioned the Lord a few times through this process. And me and the Lord have had a few conversations. But I think I read somewhere that I will supply all your needs. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Take no thought for tomorrow what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things are going to be added unto you. And so I've taken a step of faith. And I kind of met with my family several months ago, maybe two or three years ago. And uh, we kind of reached a point that I don't own anything. That's right, I, I don't own anything. Everything I have is in the hands of the Lord and in the hands of the faithful people of the church. And so I put everything I have on the line. I, I, I entered into a building project. Some of you had no clue. You had no idea that we, we stepped in. And when, when I say that we went all in, our family went all in. There is no way I preached a message. You didn't know I was preaching to my family when I preached a message about burning the bridges and burning the ships. And we were going to go forward by faith, but we didn't have anywhere to retreat to. We had nowhere to go back to. So we went into this thing all in. We were going to have to, we we, we were sacrificing everything we had. So everything I had went all in. So it's no big deal. If it crumbles, thank God for welfare. We just went into this thing all in. There was a huge element of, element of faith. We just have to keep doing what we're doing. And God's going to supply the need. Can I tell some of you that are struggling tonight with a little faith to believe and trust God? I want to tell you that the enemy would like to cause you to believe that your situation's always going to be where it's at. And always going to be the way it is. But I came tonight to tell you that my God will supply all of your need. If I would do things according to the flesh, according to my way. If I could do things according to the flesh. I would have left faith out of the equation. Sound team, I don't know if you can help me tonight just by pushing the button and sending me back to original settings, but it would sure help me if we could. If I did things my own way, and I could go back and I could do things the way that I saw fit, I I would have left faith out of the equation. Because that's kind of how I like to be built. I need to know, I need to understand it, i got to comprehend it, I need to see the end from the beginning, I want to see the whole process, I need to know everybody that's going to be affected. 
I got to make peace with everybody in the process. I got to figure out what's going to make everybody real happy. And we're going to move super, super slow until we have everybody on the team. Somewhere in the process of all of it, the Lord had to teach me a lesson. I get in the middle of a building project, and the Lord, the Lord opened the door of opportunity. And Spencer came to me and said, Dad, all I need for you to do is say yes. I'm not going to ask you for anything other than just say yes, and it's all going to unfold. If I did it my way, we would have waited to start the Lebanon church, and here we are already buying a building, and we're still not done with our building project. See, I wanted to wait to the end of the building project because it made better sense. It was much more wisdom to do so. All you folks that's talked about me behind my back, I agree with you. It was the craziest thing in the world. I was against it. I didn't want to do it. And the Lord's just pushing me, pushing me, and pushing me. And my family. Pray. Pushing me. Pushing me. We can do this thing. We can do this thing. And the Lord said, your miracle's going to meet you there. We, we launched on a word of faith. A building comes available. The down payment seemed like a mountain that was impossible. But God said, my word is sufficient. When I got a phone call this morning, I, I actually, let me just back up a little bit and tell you, this past week I had someone come to me and they said, I'm worried to death. How in the world are we going to do this? And I smiled. And I said, God is going to work it all out. Don't worry. I have seen it too many times. I have been at this point too many times. If you want to know when God is going to step into your situation, it is when you go all in. Burn the ships where there's no retreat. Burn the bridges so you can't go back where you came from. Go in with everything you have and declare, you know what? It's sink or swim. I'm going to tell you where we are. Somebody said, how in the world is this little church in Frankfurt going to afford this building that you're building? I don't know. This much I do know, revival's not optional. We went into this thing saying there's no retreat. I came tonight with a word for somebody that needed to hear this preacher stand in this pulpit and tell you that God is sufficient. Your physical need, God is sufficient. Your financial need, God is sufficient. Your, your marital situation? He's sufficient. I want to tell somebody that's struggling on your job, God is sufficient. Whatever your problem is, God is sufficient. 
Can I tell you that obedience to God's plan is the best insurance policy that you could ever live by? David said, I once was young, now I'm old. Psalm 37, 25, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be 50 years old. Can you believe that? I don't look near that old, do I? Thank you. I'm struggling with it. My back feels much older. I'm about to be 50 years old. I'm going to be able to say I once was young. And now I'm old. Now I'm feeling old. But I'm going to tell you that I've never seen anybody faithful to God and go all in by faith and God not supply the need. You know why I am living more free than I have ever been in my life? Because about two years ago, I gave everything that I have. That's right, everything that I have. You know how sure I am? I'm so sure that if you fire me tonight, I don't know where my next meal's coming from. That's right. And I'm not nervous about it. Because God is sufficient to meet the need. And I so much believe in revival. And so much believe we're going to keep investing in revival. That I do not fear. I'm going to tell you God is sufficient to meet the need. The issue that God wanted me to bring to some of you tonight I believe is this. And if not, I'll preach to myself. Because the coin in the fish's mouth was just enough to pay Peter's taxes with none left over. Somebody say it was sufficient. See, we want God to put a little money in the bank. We want God to give us a little extra. But what He promised was that He would be sufficient. See, we want enough manna to put some in the freezer for next year. But the manna in the wilderness was sufficient to make it through the day. As a matter of fact, if you took any extra in, it would be stinking by the next day. Because the Lord said, I want you to learn to live by faith and not by sight. I spent the first three years of my ministry on the field evangelizing. And it ate me up. I didn't know how I was going to live. Didn't know how I was going to make it. And I heard preachers tell me, got to learn to live by faith. God couldn't teach it to me in three years. So he put me pastoring. And then he put me in a building program. And then he said, go start a daughter work. Because the Lord has been working on me trying to tell me, you just go ahead and take a step of faith and you learn to live by faith and not by sight. I'm going to make a way out of no way. I believe that God has moved CLC into a time in which He is asking this congregation, how much are you going to trust me? How much are you going to trust me? Will you trust me with your faith? Will you trust me with your family? Will you trust me with your finances? Will you trust me with your future? The Jordan did not roll back 
just because the children of Israel showed up to the Jordan. We're here. Now it's going to happen. I'm going to tell you something. You can show up all you want to. You can look at your problem all you want to. But it is not going to move back until you take a step toward the issue. No sane man would ever attempt to cross the Jordan when it was at swollen tide. History tells us, the Bible teaches us that Jordan is at swollen tide. The people of God arrive on the brink of the Jordan. They need to cross over. The ark is there. They, they, they're looking, thinking, now God, you said you're going to supply all our need, right? So why don't you start the wind blowing and why don't you roll back the Jordan and tell us now, point that big bony finger from heaven and say walk through. When you get home tonight, you read the text of where it happened. And I promise you, it happened exactly the way I'm about to tell you it happened. It did not happen until the priest took the ark upon their shoulders. And they walk up to the brink of the Jordan. And it's still a swollen tide. And there's no wind blowing. And there's no water flowing back. But as the priest stepped in, the water rolled back. Some of us would prefer that the water would roll back and the Jordan would say, yeah, this is the spot. This is what I've made for you. I'm trying to tell somebody tonight that the Lord might have just cracked the door open and all you see is a crack in it. You start running for it. You start running for the crack in the door because if God opened it a little bit, He'll open it the whole way. If he'll, if he'll part the waters to the edge of your toe, get ready. He'll cause the wind to blow and the water will roll back. I feel my help coming tonight. I came to tell somebody in this room that you've been living by faith. Yes, you have. You, the devil's telling you you don't have enough faith. I come tonight to tell you your faith is sufficient because God is sufficient. You just got to take a step of faith. Activate your faith. Step toward the door that God is opening. Step into the promise that God is wanting to perform. All the miracles, Brother Jeremy, that you've been writing about that God is performing for CLC Frankfurt as we're in a building program would never have happened if we hadn't got in a situation or two where we didn't know what we were going to do. Let me tell you, a building being provided in Lebanon would have never happened if we would have waited until we got the finances lined up and we waited until it was the right moment and we waited until everything and we understood it. But somebody said, hey, just say yes. Let me take a crew to the streets of Lebanon. Let's see. Let's see if we can just go do something. We want God to open the whole door. But what he's wanting you to know is I'm sufficient. I'm trying to see if you have vision enough to be able to see the door that I'm opening. 
Because see, you want God to open door A, B, C, and D. And he may say, no, I got a little door down here in the cubby hole in the corner. And it's open for you. And if you've got enough faith to see it and start running toward it, I'll open every other door that needs to be open in order for you to get to it. God is not waiting on you. God, You're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. He is waiting for you to step through the door. He's waiting for you to take a step of faith. He's waiting for you because my God is sufficient. Whatever you need, God is sufficient. You need healing, God is sufficient. You need a blessing or a breakthrough, God is sufficient. Shame on you. You ought to already step in tonight when the Holy Ghost began to flow in the service. Let me tell you how your breakthrough is going to come. It's not going to come sitting biting your nails, sitting on your hand, holding on to the pew. You got to get up. You got to step out. Try it, baby. You may like it sometime. You want a breakthrough? You got to start waving your hand. I'm not feeling it. Go ahead, wave your hand until you feel it. You need a breakthrough? Start clapping your hands. I'm not feeling it. Clap until you get a breakthrough. Let me tell you what some of these young people were doing a little while ago. And elders alike that was walking around this room. You know what they were doing? They were walking declaring, I got freedom. I've got liberty. I'll march around the walls. I'm going to march around the walls until they fall. It wasn't because God spoke to them. I don't believe God told them. All the people I saw marching, I doubt seriously God told them all to march. That messed with some of you right there, didn't it? They just got out and said, you know what, I'm going to march. God might have spoke to somebody and said, why don't you get two or three people to go march? That's great. That's good if he did. But some people just started marching. I don't know what I'm marching for. I'm marching by faith. Brother Danny gets in the pulpit. Come on, clap your hands. I sure wish he wouldn't say clap your hands so much. You know what? If you'll try to clap your hands for a little bit, you keep clapping. You keep clapping. You keep clapping. Before long, you're going to start feeling like clapping. You start lifting your voice, you keep on. Before long. There's some of you tonight in this house that you want a breakthrough so bad. You want a breakthrough in your family. You want a breakthrough in your home. I dare you to step out. Take your family member by the hand and say, come on. I'm tired of waiting for God to open the door. The pastor just opened the door. I'm going to step in until I get my breakthrough. Somebody shout yes. My God is sufficient. The adversary wants you to believe you're not equipped. He wants you to think you don't have enough. That you may as well not even try. I won't be much longer tonight, but I want to tell you that you need to speak to your mountain. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient. His power is sufficient. His anointing is sufficient. 
How many of you have been baptized in Jesus' name? How many of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost? How many of you is living a good, clean, moral life? How many of you believe every promise in the book is yours? How many of you believe God is faithful? Then why can't you have your miracle? Why can't you have your breakthrough? Why can't you have your answer? Come on, somebody needs to step into the Jordan tonight. Somebody needs to step in. I'm afraid. Step in anyway. Step in anyway. Step in anyway. The old songwriter said, When I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, it was the master of the wind, and he came and heard my despairing cry. And from the waters he lifted me, and safe am I. I want you to understand tonight that he paid a debt that he did not owe. We owed a debt that we could not pay. I come tonight to tell you that it was grace and mercy. He looked at Paul and he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Somebody may feel like I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I tell you, none of us are worthy. But I come tonight to tell you that his grace is sufficient. You're never going to get holy enough. You're never going to get righteous enough. If you feel worthy, you probably ought not. My lender, my private lender sent a little letter in the mail here a while back and said, we'd like for you to apply to our True Grace program. Caught my attention. I like True Grace. I'd like for you to apply to the True Grace program. It means that if you're ever overdrawn, anybody ever get overdrawn? I don't. We have a little thing called discipline. But it says if you ever get overdrawn, see, they, they want to sell these things to people that don't use them. He said if, if you ever get overdrawn, we will cover you. You have direct withdrawal. Sister Cheryl, don't make the deposit in time on Monday. And the money gets drawn out of your account. We have a grace period that we cover you if you apply to the True Grace program. I read a little bit more about it. And it said, let us cover you until you can get back on your feet. Somebody tonight may have come in and you feel like you've fallen. You feel like you've slipped down. Feel like you failed God. I ask you tonight, why don't you apply to the True Grace program? Why don't you let grace cover you until you can get back on your feet? I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost tonight. That's not a liberty to go out and sin and do anything you want. But I want you to know that the devil has talked to some of you and told you you ought to not worship, told you you don't have a right because of where you are in life. I come against that enemy tonight and declare in the name of the Lord, His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. My God is sufficient.
Pastor, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what's happened in my life. Grace was big enough to cover Peter after he denied him. Grace was big enough to cover Paul who persecuted the church. Grace was big enough to reach a thief on the cross who mocked Jesus. Grace reached out to the alcoholic and delivered him and brought him out. Grace was enough to reach the one that was bound by addiction and give him help. Grace is big enough to cover you. If I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be here tonight. I would have been gone a long time ago. But I want you to understand tonight, His grace is sufficient. Everybody yell, ample supply. My grace is sufficient. God is sufficient. It just simply means enough to supply the need. (laughs) Whatever your need is tonight, I'm done. I'm fixing to close. But I want you to understand tonight that whatever it is tonight, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you struggle with, whatever your problem is, I want to tell you tonight that God is sufficient. God is sufficient. He's enough. I don't have money in my bank account, but he's but my bills are going to be paid. I'm going to have food on my table. My light bill is going to be paid somehow. I don't know how, but God's going to do it because he is sufficient. He is sufficient. My God is sufficient. My God is sufficient. My God is sufficient. If I understand how big he is, that he can supply all my need, and I understand how wonderful and powerful his grace and mercy is, then why don't I step into the flow of what God is wanting to do in my life and let him bless me? I dare you right now to throw your hands in the air and start giving God the highest praise you can. Start giving Him the best praise you can. Come on, your English is going to run out in a moment and you're going to begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Go ahead, it's about to happen in this room. The Holy Ghost is about to blow this place apart. Somebody needs to go ahead. Somebody needs to go ahead right now and let God restore and refresh and renew your faith. Let him renew your faith. Let him restore your joy. Let him restore your peace. Come on, give him praise in the house tonight. make up your mind. I'm going to step in. I'm going to step in. I'm going to step in. Come on, let every chain be broken.